Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Our thanks to John McClain and Skip Holtz, the head coach of the Birmingham Stallions in the USFL, which kicks off this Saturday on Fox and NBC. If you missed those chats, you can go back on the podcast wherever you download your audio. Just search out OutKick360. We roll on from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Final hour is here. Coming up in 20 minutes, the NBA is going to have a team in Las Vegas. I'll explain why all signs are pointing to that, even though there's no big report on it yet. There's something being built there. And if you build it, they will come. And I've got a theory there. And I've also got a theory on the Oakland A's. Their stadium deal is up. They're in limbo on where they're going to, to end up. If they're going to stay, if they're going to go. Last summer, the discussion was it was Vegas or Nashville as the two locations for the A's. And there's a there's some signals going on from Vegas where unless they kiss the ring of a very important a very important property they're not going to get the necessary votes to to get passed through to have a major league baseball team uh in Vegas well i i should rephrase that the a's won't be the major league baseball team in Vegas we can explain that in 20 minutes uh we start though with the Atlanta Braves and the World Series ring which is on full display this past weekend ran out of time yesterday to show you but man the thing is it's beautiful um, I don't know if you can design a championship ring that doesn't just automatically make you do a double take or, or think, man, what does this cost? Can it get any more gaudy um, with all the diamonds, the rubies? I don't know if they're sapphires, but there's definitely a pearl represented on the ring as well. I, when I heard there was a single pearl, I was like, where's the pearl? And sure enough, <laughs> there, there is a pearl. Where is it? It's on the pitcher's mound of the, uh, of the ring itself. Uh, representing the trophy. The trophy uh, is uh, peak performance, which I mean, goes from home plate to the pitcher's mound on this it's ring. It's a beautiful. pretty good ring in that they're usually gaudy in that they're, there's like a, it's like looking through a kaleidoscope yes, to look yes. at the ring. I, I think and the this ring, is relatively modest in terms of the coloration, Chad. Good job. I think the ring is amazing. And I think the fact that they threw out about 17 different numbers that have significance and got those numbers into the ring somehow is pretty remarkable. The single pearl on the ring references Jock Peterson's famous <laughs> pearl necklace, which became part of the fans' attire. Yeah. How about this one? 18.71 carat white gold pays homage to the year the Braves were founded in yeah, 1871. They use it to subtract oh, from to get the let, 151. Let's keep it going here. 150 diamonds the burger. representing the 150 years of franchise history. 44 emerald cut diamonds to celebrate Braves legend Hank Aaron. <laughs> now, this is where you get a little too far, okay? The uh, bricks of Truist Park's yes. notoriously difficult right field wall re uh, recreated. 
I didn't know that Truist Park had a notoriously difficult wall. I'm a Braves fan yeah. and watch a little bit of most of their games. So I think they very just needed to fill one side of the Anything ring. Anything for Bob Horner in this ring? <laughs> Not yet. Uh, four custom cut rubies in the tomahawk. No real significance there. It even opens up where you can keep your drugs later. If you'd How about like that? To no, stash yeah. something. They they definitely have that. Uh, so Eleven. The, top, the top literally pops off of this ring. I don't know if that's a good idea. Eleven rubies. <laughs> right, be be a funny uh, party party pop, trick. My pop top ring. <laughs> break it. Ooh, what break do we have in the here? Come over. You yeah. want to see something really cool? It's like the secret room at the club. That hinge is bound to break. Eleven rubies representing where the Braves eleven World Se- representing the Braves eleven World Series home runs were hit. Oh, they have the rubies in the outfield. In the out past the outfield where all eleven World Series home runs were hit on the inside. You've got series results and logos from the postseason. Uh, the player's unique signature, which is common. It's not like reading a website. Uh, they have – this is really cool. I don't know if this is cool or too much. 73021 is on the inside of the ring, signifying the trade deadline where key players were at. <laughs> How about that? That's, that's like the history of the season. For the A, diamonds. the season-long slogan. Uh, we are those. What's the whole slogan? We are those for the A. Here's the other one. We are those dot dot dot. That's a quote from the team's rallying phrase. We are those bleeper bleepers. Yes. So they didn't bleep them out. They just put dot 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 dot. Yeah. It'd have been great if they had like the at sign, pound sign, yeah, right. or they just spelled it out yeah. on the inside <laughs> and they had to blur it when they post it for families to see. And what's the other slogan? For the A. Atlanta. It's, it's Atlanta a very home. sharp ring. Like I, I, I prefer it to most I, uh, that I've seen. I agree, I, and that's I was like most of the time. You, it's hard to top the next. It's one. It's I, this is certainly not modest. It's understated, but it's not. It's not the size of a fist either. And and for that, I appreciate that. <laughs> I do know? too. Good job. I love that Jock Peterson inspired the single pearl <laughs> to represent the pearl necklace worn so, by Jock Peterson. So in the NFL, the correct me if I'm wrong, Paul. The the NFL, if you win the Super Bowl, you there's a certain amount of rings that are made for a certain price, right? And then anything extra, the owner has to then pick up. It's not like that you can say, "I right. want the janitor to get a ring." Well, if you do, that's out of the owner's pocket, not out of the league pocket. I, I, that sounds right to me. Um, so there's if you want li- literally anybody that's been through those doors in the in the last year. Like even if you're on like a, a futures contract or whatever, I'd be, again, like some owners go above and beyond, which they um, should. I don't know what the what the price tag is on the Major League Baseball ring, but I mean that there's no way there's no way I'm wearing that. Like uh, Logan no, it's Paul, a trophy. Logan Paul, it's a trophy, brother of Jake Paul, wore a five million dollar Pokemon card. I I. I I've, it sounds fake. He wore a $5 million Pokemon card to the ring at WrestleMania around his neck. And I'm thinking, there is no way I would wear this in public, ever. No matter how much security was around me. There's no, there's no reason to wear that on it's your... It's a big Pokemon you're, guy? You're begging to be... It's, just, it's the most expensive card on earth uh, for whatever he collects. And he's wearing that. The... This ring. I mean, I'm not wearing this ring in public either. I mean, there's there's too much at stake for my own, you know, well being. It's a trophy, right? You put it on a pedestal. In you have a trophy room if you're a big time. It's a tro- professional. Most of athlete. these guys keep these in safes. I, I yeah, guess right? it's because 
you know, I don't know, because I grew up eating in my grandmother's house where you had to finish the plate because she would talk about how some kid wasn't getting enough to eat and you got to finish everything in front of you and value a dollar and everything else. But I think about even a Major League Baseball team owner forking over the money for everyone in the organization to have this ring, and I'm thinking, that's extravagant. That's a lot. I don't know that everyone in that organization deserves a ring. (laughs) I'd be the first to raise my hand if I was in ticket sales and say, man, I mean, that's great that you're going to give me a ring, but I wasn't expecting that. That is a lot of money. I mean, look at those things. Read the description of the carrots and everything else. I noticed the whole TV broadcast team was sporting the rings on ring ceremony night also. Everyone, Paul's favorite, Chip Carey. Oh, dear God. Jeff Frank, the whole crew, the pregame crew. You know, gets a World Series ring. According, All of that. I, I, I just don't I'll expect preface, that of the owners. I, I feel like, oh, you have to do that. I'm going to open up this other tab, too. I'll preface this by saying that the this is according to Google. In the NHL and Major League Baseball, the individual owner of the team pays for the rings outright. In the NFL, the league pays for up to $5,000 per ring for up to 150 rings per team. Anything above that is full price for the owner. And anything over five grand, the owner picks up. I think, Chad, if you do not give a ring to, I don't know, some person that is beloved in the, in the facility, and that gets out, the PR of you being cheap overwhelms you being gracious and on this thing just going No, I, I mean, I get out. that. And look, these owners, for the most part, when they win a championship, they go way over the top in who yeah. gets the rings. Uh, the... Uh, the, the guy who works the stadium, I forget his name, really old man who's been there since the Braves moved to Atlanta that has like a catchphrase around the ballpark. They have a bobblehead night for this guy, and he's still working there. He got a ring, and they had a big emotional thing where they brought him his World Series ring, which is really cool. That's cool. You know, things like that I, I love. I guess I just look at it, I don't automatically think, you better give everyone a ring. I'm thinking, like, yeah. that's, that's a lot of money. So that is da- a lot of money. Davey uh, in studio with us says that he has a friend who worked for the Smokies and that guy got a ring when the Cubs won. That's amazing. that's deep. That's really deep. That's going deep in the organization. Well, I was, too, I was give everybody, that's, but that, that's it's, too it's, much food. I'm sorry. Too much food. That's too much. That guy, unless he like was the person responsible for Chris Bryant and his success or something, and Chris Bryant came up and said, this guy needs a ring also because he is <laughs> instrumental in my success. Uh, apologies to the Tennessee Smokies, but not a single one of you deserve a World Series ring for that. Not one of you. It's the Cubs. Yeah, I would. Accomplishment. Because someone happened to play in your organization at some point, I mean, does his Little League coach get one also? Hey, hey, thanks, coach. <laughs> Chad, you, you might be you lining up. up here with me. You might be lining you yourself up for You taught me how to throw a, my first curveball, and for that... I have informed my owner that you will also be receiving a World Series ring. It's just way too much. Hey, Dylan on our YouTube chat says that it's fake, Hutton. Says, I just Googled Jake Paul's Pokemon card. Turns out he got scammed out of $3.5 million. Not not that one. There's a different one. And he had had this confirmed. um, The Guinness Book of World Records was there to confirm the card. Um, It's a a completely different card. Take that, Dylan. You're wrong again. Um, yeah, this one I, I, again, like it's just it's bizarre. I, there's no way I would wear anything that valuable in public. 
And, and guys don't even, they're not even willing to display it in their homes. You're almost begging your, for your house to be stolen. You're, you're begging, yeah. you're, you're begging for your house to be broken into because people assume that it's there. Yeah, so I would you just take tell, it to a bank. Like, I would like, tell everyone publicly that it's like in a safe, at yeah, a bank, and not that I don't even keep yeah, it. Yeah, it's home. in a vault, um, so or, or not, it's at David Reed's house. So Kay Oldham on the YouTube chat says, "My understanding is that only players and a few other front office execs get the player rings, the level that we saw in that photo. Duplicate. The periphery receives a lesser equivalent." Of that ring, probably even like the TV broadcast group gets a different ring. And then Carrie, are you okay with Carrie that? Carrie gets a plastic ring. Are you okay with that? Well, they have replica ring night. You know, we're all you know. First, that's what first five thousand fans get a World Series. That's ring. what Skip Carey should get. It's cubic zirconia and it's fake, but enjoy it. Fake, 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 fake. The whole the whole Paul thing to me was so he wears this five million dollar Pokemon card yes. to the ring. And then he has to take it off and hand it to somebody. Who slips in his back Who pocket. has to then be in charge of a $5 million card. And I, also, heard, what, I heard him discuss it. He, he, they had, like, he was extremely concerned about it, but he still wanted to wear it because it, like, you know, he's, he's flashing well, off. Wouldn't the plan be that and, guy take it immediately Reed, to a safe? Reed, no, he said, Reed, there was like the, they handed it to his manager who was ringside, and they had WWE security around him until after the match and then gave it back to him and he walked backstage with it. But again, like, uh, then what happens? You got something worth $5 million and you're in the middle of a stadium. Like I don't, I don't put it past people to get after you and, and wait on you coming out of the stadium. Like yeah, there'd be a good movie plot. Crazy, here, but, uh, craziness I, with like all the that. Italian job for stealing. Uh, you that get Danny car. ocean and his crew yeah. and, and like, still every world. It's just ring not, I, the, I realize the value and the, the impact of it. And the next ring the always Pokemon has to card. be more valuable. But to me, it's just not worth the negative reper repercussions is of it, flashing that type of money on a wrist is or it on a bad chain. That I immediately think that if I, got one of the actual rings for whatever reason, like Davey's buddy that worked for the Smokies. If you get one of those that I'm thinking immediately, this is my life insurance policy. That like if things go really wrong and I needed cash all of a sudden, this is an easy way to get well, a lot it of worth? it. That's not worth millions. Well, think it's about the guys in, at, with a hard time that's you pawned off their Heisman Trophy yeah. or pawned off Super Bowl rings. It's a sad story, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, but if things got really desperate, at least I could get cash quickly. what are quickly. you, though? You're a ticket guy. I'm saying even if I'm a player. Or an assistant GM. Well, Things can go south in a hurry, Paul, for yeah. anyone. I'm saying even if, utility I'm, if I'm Jock Peterson and I inspired the one singular pearl in that World Series ring, I'm even thinking, you know, if things go south, I can get rid of this bad boy quick yeah. and, and, and liquidate. Yeah, and it's not about <laughs> what I need the ring's more, I need to become more liquid in a hurry. And it's not the value of the ring. It's the value of well, the you and the ring. It's the yeah. value of the accomplishment. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm Forbes not, I'm not immediately planning to sell it the moment I get it. I'm hoping I'm financially secure enough to hold that thing somewhere where no one can get it and only bring it out around close friends and family and show them. Forbes values the ring at twenty five grand, and they value it that because for $25,000, you can buy the ring and a burger from the Braves. <laughs> that's the real thing. You get the 151 burger You can buy free. your own ring for 25 grand, so that's the value of the ring. No, I'm like you, Hud. I'd be scared getting it to my safe deposit box yeah. or whatever safe I'm putting it in. I mean, how, how often do we hear about this stuff? I mean, it, it's not every day, but it does tend to happen. And people lose them, too. Yeah. Imagine, I'm like, what? Brady flashes off, you know, that 
he's got the the five where he's got a ring on every finger, you know. And uh, but you very rarely see him out and about with them. Like there's no telling where that guy has. Well, to those keep guys going. mostly, if they're wearing them, are wearing them like to what to big charity events or to the next ring ceremony. Yeah, or to the next ring ceremony. So, Did Logan Ryan even bring his to the to no, the remember, big event he had? We asked him to, and he uh, didn't. No, he brought he brought one of them, but not the other one because the other one was in a safe in Jersey. What he he had yet to move it all of his stuff down to Nashville. Whenever we were asking him to bring all that, hit us up on Twitter at Outkick three sixty. Well, this immediately remind me. So Scott Frost, when he took the job in Nebraska, it was a big ordeal in Nebraska, but he was robbed. His garage was open. They were moving in, but not completely moved in, in Lincoln. And he had his national championship ring stolen and other things that he just had in this unlocked garage. And there was so much shame on it that some of the stuff was returned. I think that, like, mysteriously, some of the stuff came back. Mm. And he had to call the cops and say, oh, it's, it's here now. I think they returned some items, but not all of them. Because everyone was, oh, now Scott Frost is going to want to leave Nebraska. Because the first thing he does, he gets here and gets robbed. In his home in, in Lincoln, Nebraska. So, Reed, you... Um, Not well thought out. It kind of sounds like an insurance scam to me. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm, reading, I'm reading the story more, and it's more... He says, then he located some of those items yeah, in the garage after um, initially saying it was over $100,000 worth of items. Memorabilia stolen. Yeah, dude, dude's careless and uh, wanted to collect. Imagine having the, the type of cash... Logan Paul loses out, is duped on $3.5 million worth of this Pokemon card box, and, and then doubles back. down and has it <laughs> verified and gets a five million, gets the most expensive one on earth and then wears it around his I neck. Hate, I hate so much about this story. Yeah. I, I hate the fact that society is, is enabled Logan Paul and Jake Paul to have this type of money. And he comes walking out with that thing around his neck. And my first thought was, where's the key to leave when you need him? I would just love for someone to come and gank that thing from around his neck and disappear. Was it a keep to leave or was it the guy he was playing that, that tore the chain off? No, it's, it was a keep to leave. He's a notorious yeah. chain jerker. Chain grabber. Yeah, the grabber. A keep to leave. Uh, terrible reviews for the Apple Plus broadcast. I didn't watch it. Um, didn't know about it. I have seen and read stories about the Apple Plus debut this past Friday night with Major League Baseball. Um, Chad, I don't know where it went off the rails, but whoever's on mic, there's not a uh, there's not some grand review for anybody involved with this. Can we get into this and Las Vegas sure. in the next segment? Because I I think they both in a mysterious way kind of tie together. A little well, bit. I'm looking forward okay. to watching you do that. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll tie that in. Uh, NBA is soon going to have a team in Vegas. Major League Baseball might as well, uh, but it may not be the Oakland A's, which is the assumption. Details on that next on Outkick 360. What's up, everyone? It's Nick Wright, and I got something exciting to talk to you about today. Angie, your ultimate destination for getting all your jobs done well. Now, Angie isn't just your average home services marketplace. It's a game changer with over 150 million homeowners served and a network of over 200,000 skilled pros. Angie has experience and expertise to tackle any project with ease. Whether you're looking to spruce up your backyard or undergo a major home renovation, Angie's got your back and their pros are locally based off and running small businesses right in your community. And here's the best part. 
Angie makes the process seamless. From researching and comparing pros to scheduling services at your convenience, Angie's user-friendly platform puts you in control. So why settle for anything less than perfection when it comes to your home? With Angie, you can trust every project will be completed with the utmost care and professionalism. So get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I or download the app today to discover why homeowners across the nation are turning to Angie to get all their jobs done well. So, Chad, tie in Apple TV and the terrible debut for Major League Baseball on Apple with Vegas. I'll, okay, uh, I'll just start on. talking about Apple and see where it goes into all the right. Vegas conversation. But um, So, they debut Friday night with Apple Plus TV, MLB package, double header of games. Um, the broadcast teams are as follows. Melanie Newman, Hudson's familiar with her. We've had her on our show before. Was a really good guest. One of the, I think the, the first, first woman to play-by-play on the television broadcast, maybe? Yes. She yes. was a first of some kind. Chris Young, former Major League players and analyst. Hannah Kaiser. Paul, we've also had her on our show. Yeah. She was Yahoo Sports. I read her regularly. She is Yahoo Sports. She did an internet show called The Bandwagon, which does no longer exist. But I... I I think she writes very well. Brooke Fletcher is sideline reporter. What I can tell about Brooke Fletcher, just searching her name and her Instagram account, is that she's a former Miss Georgia. Game number two was Steven Nelson play-by-play. I know nothing about Steven. I've heard of Hunter Pence. I know Hunter Pence. He was the analyst, along with Katie Nolan, who most everyone has heard of at this point. Heidi Watney was the reporter. She does work on MLB Network. Uh, it's pretty good. And I- I've seen her before, but she was a sideline reporter. Uh, that was the crew for Astros-Angels, the late-night game on Friday night. These broadcasts are getting crushed by virtually everyone, even websites that oftentimes are sympathetic to things that are starting out. were pretty critical of the broadcast. There were tech issues. People were watching on Apple TV, Apple T- uh, Plus TV, and the game would stop. And it would say buffering or you know whatever it go away then come back. Uh, the broadcast teams apparently were a disaster. Boomer Esiason said it's unwatchable. He said you know I allow for things to improve after one week, but for the most part it's unwatchable. Many people are saying Katie Nolan doesn't seem to know baseball uh, because she's trying to do a stand-up routine. It's not very funny uh, on the broadcast. I continue to not understand. Katie Nolan is okay at certain things. But has anyone ever gotten more opportunity with less results in sports media than Katie Nolan? And more time money. and time and time again. She's on NBC Olympic coverage this last go-around. Now she's working for Apple, and she's on this broadcast. It really is remarkable uh, with how little results she's generated in terms of rating ratings or people really watching her. Um, so here's my conclusion with this. And... This surprised me a bit because I was just arguing about all these NFL broadcasters. Why won't they just decide on, hey, we're going to find the next person. We're, we're Fox or we're ESPN or we're NBC. We got a good eye for talent. Let's pay someone a tenth of what we would pay Joe Buck or Al Michaels and make them the voice of the NFL because we know how to find talent and this person can do it for the next 30 or 40 years and they're really good at their craft. And then I see this, and I think, man, they should have gotten someone established. If you're Apple, and you've got that amount of money, 
and you're trying something new with Major League Baseball, why don't you go and spend money to get Carl Ravage? I don't know what the answer is. Or Bob Costas on, on more games. I think Bob Costas is doing something with TBS on their Tuesday night game. He's kind of switching and up. And he does some MLB TV. But go get someone that if you want to take a swing on Hunter Pence and Katie Nolan, at least you're taking a swing with someone established. So when reviews for a broadcast like this come back, people are saying, well, this, this person was good as always. And they, they attempted to do some things around it. Some of them worked. Some of them didn't work. But at least you have that fallback. So when you do everything and you try to be new and trendy and cutting edge, this is the risk. I think the reaction to this and the lack of quality in this broadcast is the risk when you try something like this. This story has another layer that you guys are going to love. Per Andrew Marchand, who's one of the two best uh, media reporters in the country of the New York Post, Apple reached out to both Mina Kimes and Bill Simmons. Mina Kimes, a football expert. Bill Simmons, a basketball expert, both baseball fans. Neither was interested, thankfully, for everybody. I mean, uh, go get diehard baseball fans in this role. Baseball people. Why do you want to? I mean, are you trying to cross-pollinate there and saying we need NFL people who would follow Mina Kimes and basketball people who would follow Bill Simmons? And would they follow those people? I think they made the mistake of just saying, you know, who's, who's hitting yeah. on Twitter right now? Yeah. Who do people talk about on Twitter? Uh, who, who gets some buzz? They and then they start right. going Katie Nolan them. doesn't get buzz on Twitter They need to go anymore. get Trevor Bauer because he's not allowed to pitch. Put him on Apple TV. Uh, he'd be, he'd, that'd be he'd great. Be terrific. I mean, that's, that's what you do. I respect um, the trying something new, and I, but I came you got to hit in 60 seconds. You got to hit. <laughs> I mean, you got to come closer to hitting. Their, their Friday night baseball live pre and post game show. I have not heard anything about this, but hosted by Lauren Gardner with a rotating group of analysts and former players, including Carlos Pena, Cliff Floyd, and Yonder Alonso. Oh, I'm not I just really hear that in... list and I think, you're Apple. You're starting something new. We can't do better than this? I'm not interested in, this lineup? In, in pregame baseball for regular season game amongst teams that are not mine, but I'll watch a game for a little while Friday I watch, night. I watch uh, what, not see. quick pitch, but on Friday or Saturday night in the summer, I'll turn it on that major MLB network coverage where they just go in and out oh, of games. Oh, I like that. And they, they have the yeah, highlights rolling. That's terrific. That's a great thing to put on the background of whatever you're watching. That's what they're trying to do. It's a pre- and post-game. So it's a setup of going around what's happening early and then coming back and showing some of the highlights. It's not a new idea, uh, but you could do something better with it. I fear the tech issues for something like this, the same way I fear tech issues for Thursday night football. Now, NFL is less likely to have something like that happen, but streaming is not perfect by any means yet. And we've not had a major live event, really, that everybody's streaming at the same time and are going to go crazy if it's off. This was a baseball game that not many people care about, and they had alternatives to, if you were an Angels fan, you could watch it on the Angels broadcast. I'm sure this wasn't all there was. You give me an NFL game on a Thursday night that we all want to see, that's Mahomes against, you know, Allen or something like that, and their streaming problems, America's going to be up in arms. No, I, I'm sure uh, Amazon's working like crazy to make sure that doesn't happen, but I'm not sure it's not going to happen. A ton of people are already streaming on CBS and everything else, too, whenever they're watching these games. Uh, they're streaming the, the rights to um, NFL, what is it, the League Pass or whatever it's called? Yeah. 
not in the numbers that it's going to happen now and not with the expected quality that we're going to going to want. Well, I'm just, just curious. And, yeah, and it's I, behind Twitter and behind Vegas and behind everything's behind Vegas. Yeah. Well, and it's also it's just I think too often in sports media we're doing this thing where you know, let's let's get wild. Let's do something totally different. Let's reinvent the wheel. Think when the wheel's through. not getting reinvented anytime soon, let's do it let's do a good show. Let's do a good broadcast. Yeah. Let's twist a few things. You know, this is something that's a little bit tired and stale, so let's twist that part of it and try something different with the inner workings of this game and try out a couple different things. But let's not put Katie Nolan on doing a, a, an awful stand-up routine with someone who hasn't called a lot of Major League Baseball games. Well, this also, list of people is not the Mannings. And put them up there. And that's exactly my point. I'm sure Michael Kay and A-Rod are going to be fine with that. But instead of trying to replicate what the Mannings have, which very few people have, first off, having that relationship where you have that kind of timing with your brother, you've been around your whole life, is very, it's almost impossible to replicate. Just do a good game. Do a good, I, I, would, I would love to come back today and be talking about this Apple broadcast and be saying, man, they called a really good game and they tried out these two or three new things around the game with, in-game interviews or whatever, something different. And that's what we're talking about instead of Apple saying, you know, let's go see who we think is cool on social media and just putting them out there and seeing what happens. I wonder how much they tinker with it in a week. Judging by this response, I would think a, a lot. lot. And they've got two more games Friday night. Busy week for those folks, I would imagine. And based on the response, it sounds like a lot of people were tuned in. I mean... Twitter certainly opened up on it. But see, you can tweak all you want to. You've got to get it right when you debut. That's what you're, you're judged based on your debut. Yeah, not the, a, lot, the build, a lot of people aren't going to come back the a second time. The build-up is judged based – I mean, uh, Al Michaels going uh, to the streaming service is not going to be judged in week two. No, you know what you're getting, too. Um, no, but you're right. A lot of people watch it. If they hate it, yeah, they're not coming well, that's back me. a second time. I'm not watching a bad television show for a second time. No. I mean, why would why would I? I did it with the young pope for some reason. You, but that you was make it. the you make the you jump in, and if it's good, if you're hooked, if it's for you, you come and out. that's the thing. Normally, you have a lot of excuse makers. There's no excuse making right now for this with the articles I was reading last night. No, it's been just almost universally panned, and even someone who's not crushing it is saying Can't it say wasn't as nice. good as I expected it to be. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of that. Yeah. I, th I really thought they were doing something innovative, and then I watched it. It wasn't as good as I thought. <laughs> Let's get to Vegas. I really want to hear about yeah. this, um, why the A's are not bound for Vegas, which has been the presumption for a long time was, would be their landing spot. So uh, we'll get to the NBA in just a moment because the NBA is going to happen. Um, so th there's the, the Oakland A's have had this qu quest of finding this new stadium. And... I think if you if you said it's Nashville or or Vegas, it's absolutely Vegas is where you want to go. If you did a poll of ownership of how lucky Mark Davis is to have the NFL franchise there, it makes total sense as to why you want Vegas or L.A. with the markets that that you're able to immediately tap into. Um, the team would would uh, could require the A's require public funding around two hundred seventy five million according to uh, front office sports. And then you're looking at about a billion-dollar new stadium, which is something that the governor of, of Nevada said they're 
not so sure about with all the funding going into it. They just did some serious funding. Um, you know, Rob Manfred apparently wants to maintain the precedent of public funding for a new stadium. So they've got to get Vegas on board with this. Um, but there's further, um, the, the precedent would be the Rangers got $500 million to build their new stadium. The Braves took in $300 million from Cobb County with their new stadium. I mean, there, there are, you're not just going to have this privately funded Vegas stadium if, if Oakland wants to move to Vegas. But here's the real factor. It's MGM, MGM Resorts. They own nearly 40% of the Vegas hotel rooms, MGM Resorts. They're paying, they added $2 in a tax per visitor, um, per tourist to Vegas, to their hotels in order for the city and the county to pay for the Raiders to build their stadium. There's a $2 tax on top of that. They're not going to do it again. And the you know the Raiders have the Raiders have Allegiant Stadium because MGM warmed up to that idea in 2020 after the team moved from Oakland. They're not going to turn around and add another two dollars to their overall price tag when they're trying to lure people into the casinos. Not going to happen. Um, and they're not going to eat the money if they're comping those rooms for people coming in and they're spinning their Wheel of Fortune machines. That's the hurdle you got to get over. It's you got to pay MGM Resorts some money. That, that's you've got to get their approval because they control forty percent of the hotel rooms in Las Vegas. That's the key. But here's why the NBA is going to work. The NBA, um, there is a group called Oakview that just purchased twenty five acres south of the Las Vegas Strip, and they are planning to build without a team even there a 20,000-seat arena, state-of-the-art. Um, it's going to come with a hotel and a casino. It's going to be attached to it. And Vegas, their goal, they want to turn Vegas into the sports capital, not just of the United States, but of the world. Now, consider where we were a decade ago with Las Vegas Taboo. and sports. And now we're in the discussion of turning Las Vegas into the sports capital of the world. And when you look at the recent history, you've got the Raiders in 2020, uh, they just added Major League Lacrosse. They're bringing in the. Uh, they've brought in the the aces of WNBA. Golden Knights. The Golden Knights are there. Um, you know, there's talk of Major League Baseball, but again, that may not happen. Uh, they have Major League Soccer. There, there's talk that Major League Soccer they will bring their 30th franchise to Las Vegas, and now we're talking NBA. The NBA already has a foothold there because they're doing All Star games there. They're doing. Uh, there's summer league games there. They're open to the idea. And while Oakview, which owns this arena, uh, this property, and has built other properties, while they're saying, you know, we, we don't necessarily have to have an NBA team in order to be successful because we're going to have a state-of-the-art arena, well, Clark County, uh, when you consider what that could bring, to me, you're building this with the idea of luring the NBA there. The NBA also has their TV rights up in 2025. You start building now, more money's coming in. They're expected to get $75 billion in 2025 in TV revenue. And with more money coming in, the owners may be more willing to add another team and allow that team to get a piece of the pie. The value of that franchise is going to be $3 billion plus automatically 
because the Nets were just sold for that. And when you consider like the Charlotte Hornets as an expansion team bought into the league for like $275 million, <laughs> there's no telling what the price tag would be for an owner to bring a team to Vegas. But by, by bringing it there, you're, you're immediately going to have a $3 billion franchise. Do they $270 host- million for them, $2.7 million, almost, or $2.7 billion for the Nets in right. their cell. Right. I mean, that's... And also think about the idea of this arena slash entertainment, separate entertainment district outside of the Strip Yep. with a hotel, casino attached to it, and not just the 41 NBA home games hosted there, but the possibilities of all the events and concerts that could be hosted in that arena attached to everything you need. They've already right? got, but aren't you hosting I mean, some of that stuff already where, yeah. where the Golden oh, Knights... Oh, absolutely. And, sure. and MGM has their own arena. I mean, there's, there's plenty of venues in and around Madness Vegas. play there? This just adds to it. No. First or second weekend? Does the NCAA no. stay out of Vegas? I don't think they've ever been in Vegas, to my knowledge. And that'd be another big, big get, but I, I imagine they're probably I think uh, one of the conference tournaments was there. One year. Oh yeah, no. Uh, the Pac-12 has played there. Yeah. In the past, I do know that. Well, if and they like truly the want to be, West will play there occasionally, or the WAC. I think if they truly want to be the world capital of sports, baseball would need to be a piece of the uh, puzzle. No, baseball still can. Yeah. But it does. It's not going to happen in that Clark way. County, where they or Howard County, I think, is where the the Allegiant Stadium is, and that's you. There's a hurdle there with MGM and the you know the the governor saying, "Well, we help. We just help fund Allegiant Stadium. We're not going to turn around and fund Major League Baseball." And I, I think there's some tie-ins here in Nashville. If the city wants to give the Titans four hundred million dollars, Major League Baseball wants to build here too. And if you're going to build it outside the footprint of Davidson County, that's one thing. But if they're if they're Major League Baseball saying they want to be a part of the downtown footprint, you're going to heft over another four hundred million dollars yeah, to match no. what you just gave. there's precedent here and there's a lot of back and forth. And just because NFL got in when they did, which is huge for them, doesn't mean that the Oakland A's immediately get to follow suit and build what they want. uh, You either go suburban or, which I don't love, or the best you can offer is land. And then uh, some billionaire has to build his or her own stadium at their own cost. It sounds like there, certainly in Nashville, Tennessee, I, I think that's what has to happen. Somebody finally has to foot, foot the entire bill. You might be able to give them some land and some tax breaks that way, but otherwise you've got you to build it yourself. I don't think suburban works for NFL or NBA. I think that needs to be downtown, centrally located. I think it works for Major League Baseball, and it well, works in Atlanta. Well, and The battery mind, set up in Atlanta in suburban works. Atlanta works when you can build that entertainment district around it. So – if Davidson County and Nashville said, no, we're building the NFL stadium, Williamson but the Titans County. were not doing, if Williamson County, Rutherford County, some other county stepped up and said, we'll build an entertainment district around a major league ballpark, if a team, if an expansion team's headed here, or whatever, then that's a possibility. It could work, but I think it'd be disappointing because I still feel like this is such a great downtown and so vibrant. Coming here should be. Have you been to Atlanta? Thing. The truest yeah, park. I haven't been to the park, but I'm familiar That's with the perfect. area. I've driven through the area. Go through there, though, and tell but me. But it's a that, different kind of city. Tell me, though, that would not work in 
Williamson County or anywhere around Nashville. It would work. Because it is, I mean, it is so convenient, too. It would work. When you but go How there. great would it be if everything was loaded up here? Well, but there, see, I, think I we, just don't think you can replicate it the way they it's have It's also Atlanta not without. easy just to acquire land. Ask the Miami's um, franchise for Major League Soccer. That's fallen through on that stadium that With David uh, Beckham, Beckham is trying to get in. Like they, they're, they've opened up there, and they've been here in Nashville. It, they acquired the land, they built the stadium. Everything's on pace for them to open up next month or two months from now, whatever it May is. May first. May first. Um, practice there yesterday in Miami. They just had a land acquisition fall through again. Well, you know what was really a mistake, and and I, and I can't you can't say this is strictly hindsight because I think some of us said it at the time. They should have built the minor league park with somehow the, the guts of the possibility of expanding. Because that would be a great place for Major League Park. I know there's, you, the infrastructure around it is insufficient. But you did make a, a decent public investment in that. You're talking about Nashville. Yeah, and it's going to become obsolete if and when you do get Major League Baseball. It's, it's going to be useless. Yeah. Blow and Germantown wouldn't be a bad spot for a major we'll league. Blow it up and build something else, but yeah, I make, mean, that, make that a hole and then build on top of it, and you've got your major it's league not park. Just as simple, no it's there. not just as simple as Vegas is out, so Nashville's in. No, no. Well, Nashville's in, but at the right price, and they're Probably about to pay a, a price team. in a public-private partnership with the Tennessee Titans building a dome. I still so believe there's a lot that goes into it. Of those four cities that have been floated more than any other for Major League Baseball, which is Vegas, I think it's Vegas one, yeah. Montreal two, going back yeah. to Montreal, another international team, Nashville three, and then it's either Portland or Charlotte. I still think they want to keep. I feel like it's the fourth one, and I do think they want to keep East West. So if the, uh, whether it's expansion, expansion's easy, but if it's teams moving, the Rays would be, you know, a Montreal or a Nashville team. Whether, uh, whether the A's can come into play for Vegas or not, they'd be looking for a West or but team west of the Mississippi. If I had to bet on the next 10 or 15 years, three, I'm saying all three are getting a team one way or another. Somewhere. A's, Rays, someone moving, or two teams, or they're expanding two teams with Major League Baseball. I think Vegas, Montreal, Nashville, in that order, you need one more. are getting a team. You and be then an someone else. It's going to be yeah. Charlotte. Portland, whoever. Yeah, Vegas. Someone is, else is going to get Vegas one. Vegas is getting a team, and the owner that moves there will be in line with MGM or go suburbs. Might be the Reds owner that moves there. We'll get into that yeah. topic tomorrow. Okay, three hundred and sixty rolls on. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Sometimes whenever you lose a terrible head coach, it doesn't matter who you hire. Uh, They're going to look great. Well, not maybe not look great, but the, the, the morale is always extremely high. I feel better. Even now, on April 12th. Travis Etienne in Jacksonville met with reporters for the first time since his uh, season ended due, well, before it even started with that August, Liz right? Frank injury. And he said, quote, if there was any year to miss, I missed a great one. <laughs> that's, that's a great all, quote. That's all you need to know. That like sums it up. Yeah, that, that's how bad it was. And that's my overall point with Malarkey <laughs> getting the job with Wizenhunt. Wizenhunt was so bad, it didn't matter who they hired. Yeah, it was they a breath won. of fresh air. It was going to be a breath of fresh air with anyone. It was awful. 
Um, and that's why the, the players were all on board Malarkey because they just played for one of the worst head coaches they'd ever seen in I, Ken Wisenhunt. I love ETN just rolling up saying, man, I'm fresh as a daisy having avoided that disastrous season last year with Urban Myers, that coach. Anything you want, Doug. Anything you want. Paul, uh, I'm ready to go. Here's something headed into the draft for the Titans. Warren Sharp tweeted this out. Left tackle Taylor Lewan hasn't played a full season since 2017. Left guard Aaron Brewer allowed the most sacks of any remaining offensive lineman on the team. Ben Jones is the 10th best center per pro football focus. Nate Davis at right guard, 75th of 94 eligible guards and pressure rate allowed. And right tackle Dylan Radins, 14.3 pressure rate, 111th out of 111. Well, we're all not fans of Dylan Radins. I don't think Brewer's going to be the starting left guard. He's too small. I, I wrote this week, and I think we sh- all share this curiosity. Uh, the Titans need an offensive lineman. It would be nice if they knew what they needed. And all of this hinges on Dylan Radins. Well, that's why they, Are they looking for a right tackle? Are they looking for a left guard? But I fear they're going to look for a swing guy, and this, they're going to have a line full of swing guys. This is where everything comes back to roost on Isaiah Wilson. That's right. Missing that bad forever. on the first-round pick at right guard. Two years ago. Comes back right around to where you – right tackle, sorry. Comes back around to where you cannot uh, just sweep it under the rug – and act like everything's perfectly fine. And some they, fans will say, you're talking yeah. ancient history. No, we're not. He it's, should be going into his third year. Yeah, into his prime. Into, into his, his prime, prime. And that should be a position of non-concern. Yeah. Then maybe they it wouldn't have drafted you, Raidens last year. You and back. you would just be drafting a straight replacement for Roger Saffold. Meanwhile, I will also say this for the Titans. You know, they used to draft guys like Benji Olsen and Zach Piller in middle rounds and turn them into players relatively quickly. Yeah. This team hasn't drafted anybody like that. Nate Davis is, is actually a draft success story. This is a run-blocking line, and he's a good run-blocker. Needs to pass-block better, but they need to plug and play. None of this long development. But even if they get those guys this year, they shouldn't have had to have needed right. to get them at this rate. All goes back to the first domino. To the interesting next couple of weeks across the league, the NFL draft really picks up two weeks from Thursday. Tomorrow, Dan Dockett joins us, plus Mike Pereira on the USFL. I hope you'll join us for OutKick 360. Do not block the box, and please lock your locks.